My name is Humble Gray, and I am a Mississippi farmer. I was heading back from Sardis the other day. I I guess it was about 4.30 in the afternoon. I'd gone there to pick up a new cylinder head for my tractor. Well, a used one, actually, but but not ill-used, so I reckon it'll last a while. Anyway, I'm I'm going west on 315 when I see one of those light-up road signs, and it says, Silver Alert 2010 Red Dodge Challenger. Now, in case you're not familiar, a silver alert goes out when some old person has wandered off, particularly somebody whose age has dimmed their cognitive abilities, rendering them confused. And apparently this senior citizen was at the wheel of a rather sporty vehicle, cavorting about the countryside and doing so to the danger of others in the chagrin of some grandchild who no doubt owns such a youth-oriented automobile, probably screaming, Granddaddy's a thief. He used to steal my nose, and now he's taken my challenger. Sad to say, thinks I, how time turns the old into infants who have to mind their youngins. Reminded me of how in his last months I used to have to threaten my own daddy, telling him I'd withhold his chocolate pudding dessert if he didn't stop pinching the aides when they tried to shave him. And one of them was male, so I've no idea from what deep forgotten well that impulse was drawn. I only pray that when my time comes, I I go in my sleep after a full day at the plow, or better yet, that I just peacefully drop dead on the tractor after the very last sorghum seed has been planted. And though perhaps it's a bit vain, I hope I still look good enough that people say, what a surprise, I saw him just the other day and he appeared strong as ever, as opposed to, yeah, he looked about ready to pass away, I'm just shocked it wasn't sooner. Whatever the circumstances, though, I I do thank the Lord I'm a Baptist who heeds the commandments. Means that odds are, when at least when I at last face eternity, they'll be throwing wide the pearly gates rather than sending me hurtling down to Satan's fiery kingdom. Gosh, I feel sorry for people in every other religion. Anyway, these were my thoughts as I cruised towards home. In fact, I was in such a reverie that I I nearly didn't notice what was right in front of my eyes. For there, not fifty yards ahead, was a red Dodge Challenger, just like the sign described. Of course, there was no saying if it was the automobile in question, so I figured I'd catch on up and see who was at the wheel. The driver was going at a fair clip, though, and I don't really like to break the speed limit, even in the absence of the constabulary. But I felt obliged to do my civic duty and keep an old man from harm, so I sped up until I was right next to the Challenger's driver's side window. And as the French would say, voila, for what did I spy? A wizened gray hair, so shrunken with age, his head barely cleared the steering wheel. Surely this must be the target of that silver alert, thinks I, for no way there were two geezers joyriding in a muscle car. So I honked my horn, albeit very politely, just two light taps to get his attention. After all, no sense startling poor old Gramps, didn't want him running off the road, Thing is, he he didn't seem to hear, so I tried again, a bit more insistent, with three taps to the horn. Still, he took no notice, so I figured maybe I'd at least slow him down some, get in front of him and then decelerate, 
keeping him stuck behind me at, oh, about 30 miles an hour. With any luck, the highway patrol would stop us both for crawling along too far under the speed limit. Problem, sir, the policeman would ask. No, officer, I'd reply. I'm just trying to save an elderly fellow from harm. The upshot? I'd not be fined as a scofflaw, but hailed as a hero. So I sped up, intending to pass him, and then get back in the westbound lane. Only trouble was he sped up, too, going like 80, which meant old Farmer Gray had to speed up the truck to 85. Still, he gave no quarter, pushing the Dodge to, I'll bet, 90 and showing me his tailpipe. It's as if he'd guessed my intentions, or more likely, in the case of his dementia-ridden brain, thought we were playing some sort of game. Either way, I accelerated again, but let it be known, even though I've got a 5.4-liter V8 under the hood, the F-150 is no racing car. In fact, no matter how hard I mashed down on the pedal, the Challenger was beating me handily. Worse, with me heading in the wrong direction in the left side lane, I didn't see that eastbound vehicle heading straight on till it came up over the hill and was almost upon me. With reflexes quicker than even I expected, I swerved back into the right lane, and to this day I will swear my two left tires, front and rear, were momentarily airborne. Well, silver alert or no, it was clear that to follow this varmint was to court the Grim Reaper, and I had no such intention, no siree Bob, so I just let him vanish into the distance somewhere up the road. In fact, my hands were shaking so badly, I did something entirely out of my nature. After a mile or so, I turned off onto Mississippi 3, better known as Charlie Pride Highway, and then pulled into the parking lot of Billy Deer's Tavern, for I needed a dose of strong drink to quieten my nerves, even though to patronize such a place was to court the disapproval of our pastor, Reverend Wally. But that concern was immediately swept from my mind, for as I exited the vehicle, I saw it. The Red Challenger, sitting in the parking space smack dab beside me. Well, I was really nonplussed, because if I'd known he was going to end up here, I could have saved myself a near-death experience. Anyway, I entered, and there amidst the battered pine tables and smell of stale beer sat the old man, a mug of dark ale before him. He looked straight at me when I came through the door, but if he recognized me from our adventure, he gave no sign of it. As for me, I walked right by him and asked at the bar for something potent. The bartender poured three fingers of Knob Creek, and after I downed it, I noticed that my hands were no longer shaking. So I ordered another, figuring that would make me extra steady. But since the first one had quite a kick, I decided I'd drink this one slower. In fact, I walked it over to the old man's table and asked if I might join him. Be my guest, says he, without looking up. And with that, I took the seat opposite him. Then, after we'd sat silently for a few moments, he up and says, casual as you please, sorry about almost killing you back there. I didn't know how to answer that, so I just shrugged and said, well, I suppose a miss is as good as a mile. Wasn't intentional, says the fella. I didn't see the other vehicle either till it came over that hill. I was happy you didn't die. Then that's something we have in common, says I for I too am happy I didn't die. The old man took a gulp of his ale and I sipped my bourbon. So is that you they're looking for? asked I. He nodded. They do appear to have called out the cavalry, says he. Then he held out his hand. Name's Edgar, by the way. I shook it and gave him my name. And for someone with skinny arms, I'll say he had a firm grip. Well, Edgar, says I, you certainly have a spiffy automobile. 
Thanks, says he, though, truth be told, it's not exactly mine. I kind of suspected, says I. A grandson's, maybe? Next-door neighbor boy, says he. The lad made the mistake of leaving his keys in the visor. And so I guess this'll learn him. Never know when a crazy old coot's gonna steal your car. Now, it was clear at this point in the conversation that Edgar here, he was not in the throes of dementia. So I puzzled over the fix he was in. Any particular reason, asked I, that you decided to abscond with someone else's automobile? Oh, it's simple, says the man. I needed it. Why is that, I asked. Because, says Edgar, my son took away my own car keys. But why on earth would he do that, queried I. Cause, says he, cause he says I drive recklessly, says the gent. Do you think I drive recklessly? Maybe a bit, says I. Hogwash, says he. I've been driving for seventy-three years. Who'd know driving better than somebody who's been doing it that long? He took another gulp of ale and continued. Been living with the little so-and-so since my wife passed on, and I'll tell you, it's been no picnic. He and my daughter-in-law, they treat me like an old man. No, worse than that, like I'm a snot-nosed toddler. My son, he'll say, no hot dogs for you, Papa, for they teem with foodborne illness, or you best not watch the HBO, Papa, for those R-rated movies might cause a dysrhythmia. Or worst of all, whiskey's too strong for you, Papa. Have a hot cocoa instead. And his missus, she's no better. Going through my dresser drawers, looking for bottles of red label, and finding them. For God's sake, man, I'm only 89. That's not 90. And when I am 90, I plan on living another decade after. So you're aiming for a centenary birthday, says I? Why not, says he. But if I've got 11 years more, I'm not spending it under the thumb of that little ba- Well, let's just say he used a colloquialism that challenged his own son's legitimacy. So, says Edgar, I decided to light out for the territories, so to speak. Run off like Huckleberry Finn, except in a Dodge on 315, rather than a raft down the mighty Mississippi. A lot drier, and I can listen to the radio. If the neighbor boy ever gets his car back, I hope he's not too mad that I changed all his presets to conservative talk. Can't really stand that hip-hop he apparently so enjoys. You got any definite plans, though, says I, rather than just driving around? Well, now, says he, there's an advantage to just driving around. For to paraphrase Mr. Lewis Carroll, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. That being said, however, the truth is, I've got a foolproof plan to secure my future. Sounds like you've got a firm grip on the situation, says I. To what stratagem do you aspire? Simple, says Edgar. I'm going to find me a 23-year-old billionaireess and marry her. 23, says I? Certainly, says Edgar. 21 would be too young. I've got to be realistic, for heaven's sake. Another boiler maker came a voice from the bar, and we looked to see a lady setting on a stool, her bleach blonde hair in a tangle. That one's on me, called Edgar to the bartender. She turned round to see her benefactor, and from the looks of her, she'd been on that stool a long time. Hollow cheeks and totic eyelids, not to mention far too much rouge, bright red like Jezebel. Thank you, sport, says she. I was running a little low on dinero. Well, a beautiful young thing like yourself, says Edgar, should neither be remunerating for libation nor sitting alone. So come join us, why don't you? The woman did so, beer and shot glass in either hand, introducing herself as Miss Luella Sue. And what's your name, sport, she asks Edgar. You got it right just then, says he. The name is Sport. Mama and Daddy were so taken with the baseball, my moniker reflects America's favorite pastime. 
Not so surprising, says Luella Sue. I'm a little bit psychic, especially when I've had a few. And I've had a few. I'm slightly psychic myself, says Edgar, and I'm going to guess your age. Going to guess your age and guess it exactly. Don't you dare, says Luella Sue. No, no, says Edgar. I'm going to do it. I'm going to guess so. I'm going to guess you're 23 years, 2 months, 11 days, 14 hours, and 54 minutes old. Why goodness, says the lady, who obviously hadn't seen 23 years in at least two and a half decades. That's my age exactly. And I'm also guessing, says Edgar, that despite your lack of cash liquidity, you are in fact a billionaires. Right again, sport, says Luella Sue. I, it's just tied up in stocks and bonds is all. Otherwise, I'd buy a round for the house. I'm sure you would, says the old man, for I sense you are a generous soul. And perhaps one day, when we are better acquainted, you will invite me over to your mansion in the hills, where your servants will beguile us with cold martinis and pigs in a blanket. With that, Luella Sue dropped the shot glass in her beer and within seconds had chugged the boiler maker dry. Then she let out a hearty belch and said, Why wait? My vast estate is just five minutes away in Sledge, two blocks from the post office. Well then, young lady, says Edgar, I'd be honored to escort you home. You best drive, says she, for I am, I fear, a bit inebriated. No, says the old man, I think you'd better drive, laced though you may be. There are those, you see, who consider me to be reckless on the road. Also, folks are looking for my vehicle, what with it being stolen and all. Fair enough, says Luella Sue, and after bidding me farewell, Edgar and his new companion walked out the door and into a promising future. The last thing I heard the man say as they exited was, do you by any chance have HBO? The Lord bless and keep you, dear fellow, thinks I, and may we meet again on your 100th natal day. Yes, sir. Play me out, Zeke. <laughs>